Interesting story for this week's cutoff story at 11, so we get to talk about it a little bit more, but not too much in detail. It actually was a three-way tie for the 11th spot, and the one that is right almost at the tippy top inside the top 10 is this headline, Porn Purge. Nearly half of all videos at Pornhub reportedly deleted after bombshell report. Tuesday, the 15th of December, we posted this one. And if you want more details on what happened about the porn purge, go to our website, thisisaconversation.com, and click on the link for the Truth Podcast, and you can see all the stories, including this one at the cutoff. But let's prepare ourselves for what you really want to hear, the stories that were the most conversational, even more than that one, the top 10 stories coming up in mere moments here on the Weekly Wrap-Up with Jay Cleveland Payne. This is for the week ending December the 19th, 2020. And welcome to the show. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. This show is a weekly wrap-up. It's a weekly wrap-up of news stories, the top news stories that you said should be the most conversational. And how do I get to where you said it? Because I didn't talk to all thousand, million, billions of you around the world. Well, technically I did. This is a part of the Conversation Project. Our website, as we've said a few times, this is theconversation.com. And when you go there, you can see information on what we're doing. We're trying to see what news stories are the most conversational around the world. So you're not necessarily stuck with what's always front and center on the main main media, the mainstream media, the main news sources, because they're always playing to people who are tuning in all day long. If you're a person like me who sort of tunes in literally all day long, you can hear the same stories over and over again. You want to know what else is out there that's being reported on that's not hitting the top billing. Even though some of the top billing stories are really important and they mostly are important, they're not the only things going on. So to figure that out, we reach out to you around the world via the Internet. We ask you to follow our feeds on Facebook and Twitter and engage with the stories there to tell us basically how conversational they are. On Twitter, you find us at TH underscore conversation. On Facebook, we are under This is a Conversation. And what happens is we go from Friday to Friday, from midnight to about 5 a.m. to get a week plus a little bit of extra time in case something big pops in at the tail end. We cut it off, we put it into a spreadsheet, put the Facebook on one side, Twitter on one side, and put them together in an algorithm that makes one real true score from top to bottom. Top, number one, obviously. Bottom this week goes all the way down to number 190. 190 distinct different stories that we're talking about today. We call that story at the very bottom the almost irrelevant story of the week. We call it that because it's usually something that may have gotten a bit more play except for it's posted late in the game, so it doesn't get a lot of chance to grow in itself. This is what we have for this week for this week's story. This is one that was posted in the wee hours, the last bit of time we had on Friday before the official cutoff. Uh, but I think this is one you might actually want to be interested in. This one is really interesting, uh, but we will um, we'll get to that one in a bit. Just a little bit on that one. Now, as we said, we go top 10 stories, and you engage with the stories. The more engaging you get, the higher score they get, and they show up here on Friday. You follow us on social media to make that happen. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or gripes, complaints, or recipes, it's the season. I take recipes. Email us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com, and we will get to as quickly as possible. This show is powered by you. You literally keep things going. It's work that folks here kind of do, and you do work by giving us the details for what to talk about. But the the essentially the computers, the microphones, the, the editing, all that stuff takes effort, takes time, takes resources. And we're so glad for all you folks who actually 
are putting forth into our efforts. You can join the conversation and literally join the conversation as a partner by going to this is a conversation.com slash partnerships, or you can just visit any link you see that we have for an ad at our website, in our newsletter, in our feed. We get affiliate pay for any of those things, and we do our best to check to make sure that those guys are all good and reputable. So if they're a, a, a service or a store that may fit your needs, check them out, and that's one way to help us out. And the most important way, of course, is to make sure you are listening to the podcast and subscribing to it so the numbers there are steady and sharing with other people who are looking to get into real news and see what's more conversational and not just complain about the same three or four top of mind issues that are only top of mind because the media honestly makes it that way. So a lot of chatter, a lot of rambling, a lot going on in this week's episode as we get closer and closer to the end of 2020 and the end of the year and Christmas time, to be honest. Let's go into the top 10 stories we have for this week. As we said, um, we had a chance to talk about ties early on in the tease because the number 11 story, which still wasn't worth getting into the big topics, was a three-way tie. And it's, that's an amazing thing we have right here. So we brought that up there. Now, 10 and 9, they're also a tie. And so how does a story get to be the tops of those those lists? Well, we don't like ties to talk about. So we make them um, fight themselves off essentially by age. So the younger story, even though they have the same amount of engagement, the younger story always wins, gets top billing because it got to that number faster. Fair enough. So number 10 and nine are both tied and they both have a bump in response from the number 11 story of 3.61%. So go with that. We have more to talk about all the magic mojo that made us a weird numbers crunching week in the number nine story but to start things off at number 10 zynga put words with friends style game on google nest devices in bid to lure non-gamers poorly reading but you get the gist of that one posted on tuesday the 15th of december as i said that bump of response is 3.61 percent now if i read it slower it would sound more like zynga to put words with friends style game on google nest devices in bid to lure non-gamers, and that's essentially what they're doing. Uh, Zynga's trying to find their way to expand their reach and get money out of folks who aren't necessarily paying attention to devices in their pockets or carrying devices in their pockets in some cases that are capable of playing games or sitting at computers able to just click, 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 click. So they need to keep things going. Zynga, of course, really big on the type of games that basically need your attention, need you to check in on. And for the mobile sense, something you can pull up on your phone, play for a little bit and go away. Or if you get sucked in, play for a while. So how do they grow their market? How do they get more customers? How do they make more money? They are doing it by doing it Audible style. So they're going to start adding things to Nest Audio, which is the Google Player things. So you can play word games, especially a word friend style game on your Google device, your Google Nest device or whatever device, whoever you you get it from your Google Assistant attached to it. How the games will work? Well, we will see coming down the lines, but it's essentially another way to expand the universe that is Zynga. Zynga is doing its best to stay alive as Facebook is making it harder, harder to make money using it as a platform and as a gateway to their games. So they're reaching directly to you, and this time they're reaching directly through your Google Home speakers. As you said, the number nine story is tied with the story at number 10, which means it got to that number faster. Uh, The first one posted on Tuesday. The second one posted on Thursday, the 17th. Bumper response, of course, 3.61% from the number 11 story. And this is your headline for that story. 
23-year-old EMT speaks out about article revealing OnlyFans, I'm a damn good paramedic. I'm a damn bad reader today. But that one story we posted from Yahoo Lifestyle, Yahoo.com's Lifestyle page. Uh, And this one we're calling, because of what it is, a super story. And what the super story means is we combined uh, headlines or storylines from similar stories or updates to stories so that they're not flooding the market with what's 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 going on and spreading things out now by itself the first story was essentially inside the middle of the almost rands that's 11 through 15 the story is not quite in range but we added this one in which was the update to the story posted later in the week and it put it over into the top 10 right into the nine spot so it's two headlines the first headline was basically the viral if you will posting the viral uh, notification it, it was a story that was everywhere early in the week or the weekend should say about this EMT in New York who had an OnlyFans page that she used to help pay the bills. And it was just, you know, tabloid fodder for this person working this essential worker gig to have to pay the bills using her OnlyFans account. So later on in the week, she responded. She responded to uh, the writers, the naysayers, the people giving very, very, very not so nice comments and basically says that, you know what? I'm a damn good EMT. I am good at my job. My job is not the problem. My problem is it doesn't pay as much as I'd like it to. And she basically just flat out said, I have this skill, if you call it a skill, and there's this ability based on the Internet. And she's taking advantage of it. And anybody who faults her for it basically can go to hell. That's not exactly how she put it, but she's basically saying that she's a good EMT. She's not bad at her job and needs this other stuff to make money. It's that her job is very demanding and there's not as much money out of it as it could be, or at least she'd like it to be. So she's side hustling it, just like anybody else, just like the DoorDash driver out there, just like the Airbnb person who has the spare garage bedroom that can use it for something. She's just making a little extra money. The fact that she makes a lot of little extra money off of OnlyFans and what people use OnlyFans for is, you know, you can put that in your own mind and work that through your own moral judgment. But she says, please, no moral judgment because it's not about morals. It's about making a living. She's good at it being an EMT. She's not trying to do OnlyFans as her main source of income. She's not one of those, if you will. But it is what it is. And please, 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 people of the world and internets, back out my business. Of course, unless you want to contribute to her OnlyFans. And then well, let me get off of that. Moving to the story at number eight, Auburn fires coach Gus Melzon after 68-35 record in eight seasons leading Tigers. Sunday, the 13th of December was when we posted this one with a bumper response of 13.95%. Now, this one was a few seasons coming. The big, the really big deal on this one was Gus Malzahn just signed an extension and so they got to pay that extension out for the time being unless he gets another job coaching is really weird is that they'll pay they don't just pay you to leave they'll pay you your salary but then you can't take another job because then they don't need to pay your salary so most of these coaches skirt the rules uh, to do other things <laughs> but still get that old salary Gus Malzahn uh, was known for bringing life back to Auburn he's known for being a very innovative coach we've seen Gus Malvon, um, Mal, Malvon Malzahn here locally in Arkansas because he started off 
um, as a high school football coach, made his way up to the University of Arkansas in a very weird sort of deal for a bunch of recruits. He basically took five seniors who just won the national cha- the, the the state championship to the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, only one of those guys actually graduated. One of those guys transferred to USC. You may have heard of Mitch Mustang and went weird. A couple of those guys got hurt and just kind of lost, got lost in the shuffle. That's what happens in that patch from high school to college and going for pro, going to the pros. But Malzahn had kind of a weird career here, leading him to leave and do the minor leagues of, of coaching other places, found his way at a couple major, major minor places to find his way uh, at Auburn to head off battles against Nick Saban for a few years and knocking him down a couple times in some very big games, some controversial games as well. But the last couple of years, because the South is about football and football is crazy and football fans are even crazier, Gus Malzahn has not made the fans happy, not had great seasons the last couple of years. And so his time was numbered. We will see where he shows up. Eventually, he's got two years of a contract that's being paid for. So he probably won't be coaching officially anytime in two years. We'll see if he actually pops up with any sort of job anywhere else. Number seven, heroes Leonard Roberts open up about tense relationship with co-star Ali Lauder and getting fired. Thursday, the 17th of December, when we posted this one, a bump in response from the number eight story of four. Point zero eight percent. Leonard Roberts uh, is a black actor, and he was a black actor who was on the rise when Heroes, the original run of Heroes, came on television on NBC many, many years ago. Uh, but things got a little weird after he signed on to this, this role that he played, uh, and a lot of it had to do with some friction between his co-star, who he played his love interest, being Allie Lauder, also on the rise at the time, and we've not seen very much out of her lately. I can't think of anything particular uh, from her, but Leonard um, Leonard Leonard Roberts wrote a long op-ed uh, this week that if you can find it, there's links to it in the story. This story is basically a write-up about the write-up. Uh, he wrote a very long op-ed that went into detail about how he went through heroes. He He auditioned for it. He got this role. Everything was great. He was talking to other actors who were talking about their discussions with the writers and directors and how they were sort of fine tuning the character. He tried to have those conversations and they didn't quite work out well. Found out uh, after the pilot was picked up that he was written out of the pilot and introduced in the second episode. Uh, and, and some storylines didn't work the way they, they should have. He had this kind of strongish character who did have sort of the typical movie role type backgrounds for for black actors the the character was had a criminal record and was kind of seen in shady light by people although he was a nice guy and he was dating this white lady Allie Lauder and so there's that sort of relationship tensions in, in the world tensions there but the fact that they were lovers in this 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 uh this television show and Allie Lauder apparently had all these issues with working the intimate scenes with the black guy and he still being the black guy. It was just a weird experience for those of you who watched heroes and wondered why he got um, written out um, between seasons one, and seasons two essentially killed in the, you know, in the time between the end of the one season and the next one just written out completely. Essentially it was the, the tension between the two of them. And when you have tension between actors, you go with the one that you think is going to make more money. And Allie Lauder was one they thought would go much further so that's how that happened. But he wrote a very detailed, very, very interesting review, expose, 
whatever you want to call it, of the industry, how it treated him and how he has not gotten a good role since. So check it out. It's this is not one of those blacky black, black, black things necessarily, but it is one that shows you that there are double standards. There were double standards there. There still are double standards. And the way people are perceived is oftentimes extremely, extremely interesting on the way things really should be. So check it out. It's a long read, the original read. But if not, just check out the link for this one at our website. This is the conversation dot com. Click the link for this week's podcast for the week ending December the 19th, 2020. And we have linked to this story and literally every single story. All 190 stories are actually listed there. One or two clicks away at the website. Let's go to the story at number six. The San Francisco Historic Cliff House restaurant announces it will close permanently on December 31st. Monday, the 14th, when I posted this one, and this one gets a bumpy response from the number seven story of 26.47%. What's the deal with the Cliff House restaurant? It is historic. Yes, it sits on a national park, so it's public land per se, but it's owned by a national park. Yes, they lost their lease essentially two years ago. So they lost the right to kind of be there, and that's one of the issues they have there. The being the, the restaurant on this historic national park site helped with tourism. There's no tourism right now because most of the parks are closed. And, of course, restaurants themselves are having issues. Because of essentially a double whammy of not having the, the pull for being a good restaurant and the pull from being on the national park and some other things, a lot of issues. California has a lot of extra issues that other places around the nation just don't have for reasons that we can only explain as because it's California. The Cliff House restaurant, which has been open for, I believe, over 100 years. I don't have the notes in front of me on this story, but this this restaurant, this place, this location has been open for quite some time, losing its actual lease to be on the public land or the, the, the land that is uh, the national park land and not wanting to move, not wanting to, to shift, shift aside from any place, and, of course, just dealing with the limited access they have to people because – restaurants people to show up and eat they're shutting down and they made this announcement essentially two weeks out from christmas that it was going to be done at the end of the year there's nothing new about it no updates on the story as far as i've seen no one's come in to save it or save any intellectual property if there is any for a restaurant but for us for right now it's extremely popular extremely famous restaurant out there in san francisco but in a few weeks it will be no more This next story is the top story we have this week on Facebook and Facebook made it because we'd say the in this podcast in our listings, Twitter basically runs the world. Twitter essentially puts you in the top rankings and Facebook. The responses there will sort of shift things up and down to put you in your permanent spot. This one was nowhere near close to be coming up on Twitter uh, for for its for its any love there and that's probably because it wasn't one of the more viral stories one of one of the more important stories i would say of the week is an interesting story but because of the facebook nature and i'm not sure how some of these people found this one but there's a lot of very distinct comments some yay some nay and some yay and nay against each other in the comments as what happens with facebook this one was by leaps and bounds the top Facebook story, and because of those leaps and bounds, it put it at number five for this week. Now, all that to say, it gets a bump in response from number six story of seventeen point zero five percent. It was posted on Tuesday, the fifteenth of December, and the headline reads: Fox News host Harris Faulkner calls out media for mocking Trump's claim vaccine could arrive by end of year. And you know what? Harris Faulkner is right. 
Donald Trump said the vaccine could come out before the end of the year. Now, he did say things like it'd be you'll be getting it in your arm by election time, which 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 he was kind of spitballing at that point and not knowing how this thing was working out when he originally said these things, the how fast it would go. And people were saying two years is the fastest. And he said, oh, we'll do it faster. Uh, there was not a lot of actual science behind what he was saying. A lot of it was wishful thinking. A lot of it is, in my personal opinion, Donald Trump playing to the masses, saying what they want to hear and hoping that somebody can pull it off. And if they don't, blaming those people for not pulling it off. But Harris Faulkner is right. Sort of. We probably should not mock him now and should not forget him now because the vaccines are here and the president's actions. Some of them did help them progress pretty quickly. A lot of it is, uh, you know, putting some support behind the government. A lot of it is, is cutting down on some paperwork. And a lot of it is him just being kind of a bully and just kind of being a jerk about stuff. Let's be honest. But a lot of people were were on this one pretty big. Some saying, yeah, but some saying, yeah, but and a lot of people going back and forth about the Trump agenda, which is another topic. But for this week, the conversation inside of the Facebook conversations pulled this one so far up with engagement that it pulled it from out of basically nowhere into the middle of the pack at number five. So thank you so much for the Facebook love on this one. It didn't really change very much on the actual results and that's because of the massive results of the top story which we'll get to in a moment but thank you so much for joining us on facebook you should have more people join us on facebook as you say go to your facebook page and or go to your facebook account and look for this is the conversation we're the blue speech bubble looking thing follow us and as you check your feed engage with the stories that pop up story at number four reads just like this Santa cleared for takeoff in Canada airspace by Transport Canada. CTV News, that's Canadian television news. Uh, Wednesday, the 16th, day it's posted. Bump in response of 21.19%. This one is uh, a simple one, and it's more or less an update of what we've been putting out for weeks. Remember, we have to fill, in theory, 24 hours worth of day worth of news. And it takes, uh, we basically put six different stories in each five-hour block. Every 50 minutes means we go through six stories every five hours. And when we're on point, we are filling out a lot of things, and a lot of them seem really silly, which is why some have no chance of going to the top. This is one that is surprising because we've posted two different updates about Santa being able to enter airspace and Santa being able to have travel restrictions uh, uh, lightly on him because of coronavirus it's very important every year that we let our children know that santa claus is coming to town and everything is good especially at a time like this where us mere mortals can only go so far but santa claus has to go a long ways across the entire world in one night and so for what we are told based on stories like this and other ones is that the north pole has not had a case of coronavirus so they don't have to worry about uh any potential spread they will be safe when they come into our town make sure they are masked and wearing gloves when they are delivering packages but for the most part they have the ultimate quarantine where they live in the north pole and see nobody uh, for 364 days a year it's the, the best quarantine you can have plus mrs claus has milk and cookies all the time you cannot pass that at number three, your headline reads, Google, YouTube, and Gmail down. Users facing issues accessing Google services, including Gmail and YouTube. That sounds redundant, but that's just the headline we posted on Monday, the 14th of December. Bump in response of 33.33%. So that's 
sounds like uh, a third. <laughs> so um, here's the thing. And the interesting thing about this one is I, I was alerted to the fact that Google, YouTube and Gmail were down because as I was trying to send out the newsletter for every morning, if Monday through Friday, we send out a newsletter called eight things to talk about to give you the top eight conversational stories from the past weekend on Monday and then the last day plus uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So as I was posting the weekend's newsletter on Monday and noting that no one opened it within about 10, 15, 20 minutes of what was going on, I went to go check my email because I have copies going to emails so I can test that they're coming through and found out that Gmail was down. And after that, found out my other Google things were down. I couldn't get into YouTube, couldn't check out other things. And it was an issue for about four or five hours where email, YouTube, many other services were down for, for Google. I don't have an actual response for this. And a lot of people online were giving kind of real-time dealings of what was happening in the background. So Google knew about what was going on pretty, pretty, pretty quickly. Um, and most of the big things worked out. Now, I also had YouTube TV, and that seemed to work because that's what I was watching the whole time. So that did not go down. But what I did have go down was actual YouTube and my email for quite some time. It was interesting because you could go you could go to YouTube, but you could not log into your account to see things that were your subscriptions. But it will still pull up various videos, various things that were just sort of random, but you could not whittle anything down. It was, you know, as all things not Internet these days, it was stressful for a little bit getting things done, getting things around the world. And especially if you needed email at time, something was in your email. That was probably a bit of a hassle. But everything came back to normal within about four or five hours of the day. And no updates on what it was or why it was. Just another one of those, the Internet is down, Internet broken things that, of course, turns into a bigger thing. The story at number two this week posted on Tuesday, the 15th of December. This gets a bump in response of 189.75%. This is one that was interesting, but I'm not sure it was one, like I said, we post a lot of things to fill the gaps. And this is one that, because it was a massive Twitter hit, had a lot of people going back and forth on Twitter for the story. That's how we found out about it. Because it was trending there. And you guys essentially hit it on our site and hit it through our feed because it was so big. Here's what's up. Fortnite, if you don't know, is a video game or a massive player, multiplayer video game where people uh, parachute onto an island and they play essentially... A, uh, a game of tag, if you will. It's it's like the largest game of tag where people go around to see who can capture the flag who outlast the other folks flying on the island and be the ultimate winner of that of that round. There are other different types of games and scenarios that, that play out inside of Fortnite. I don't play Fortnite, so I don't know exactly. My nephews do, so uh, they're big into that. But essentially, it's literally every game starts off with you parachute on the island, you start loading up on gear, you have your cute little avatar going on, and you do your best to outlast and outwit and outgun the rest of the people at the time in that in that round. A couple of new skins for their hunter classes are coming out, including one for Green Arrow and Black Panther. There's also some other ones that were leaked as well. Go to the website and click the link for the story and get all the other ones on out there that were also leaked to come out, including one from Captain Marvel uh, as popping out as well, and a, also a Black Widow one, I believe. But the, the, the weirdest thing about this was they're cool, they're neat, and apparently a lot of people were looking for them. But what people were scratching their heads about was there was no cross-promotion coming for these things. The Green Arrow one, because Green Arrow, the series that was on CW, essentially 
ended about a year, maybe at this point, a year and a half ago, ended with a big, a, a big goodbye, saying goodbye to Oliver Queen and hit some of his cast as he went on to other shows or were going to other shows. Those things delayed by COVID-19, of course. But Green Arrow has nothing coming out new that's attached to the Green Arrow TV series. And as far as I know, nothing new attached to any sort of comic book series that's that's needs any promotion. Same with Black Panther. Black Panther 2 coming out extremely soon, we hope. But it's currently being rewritten because they are writing around the fact that we've lost Chadwick Boseman and they're not going to recast that role. Now, right now, there's some debate on whether they should go ahead and recast it because comic books. But none of these skins have any real reason to have some sort of promotion coming forward with Fortnite. It just seemed like they just had them in, the, in plans and now that they're done, they're tossing them out there. As I said, there's some other pretty good comic book related skins out there as well that were also leaked after these were leaked. But if you're a Fortnite player, apparently you were very jazzed up about this one playing with the look of Green Arrow and the look of Black Panther in upcoming rounds of the game. And the story at number one this week, the fanfare that comes along with it. We posted on Saturday, the 12th of December, bump in response of from the last story, 401% from the number 10 story, which is, of course, Zynga and Words with Friends and the audio version on your Google Nest device. That bump in response, 4,019%, also for number nine since it's tied. And the bump in response from the one at the very bottom this week, which is the almost relevant story of the week, 190 177,050%. That's a lot. We'll get to that story and why it was so low maybe in a bit. Headline for the story, a very heavy headline for the story. Florida's Keontae Johnson is in critical but stable condition after collapsing on the court and being taken to the hospital. This story by leaps and bounds, the number one story on Twitter, which is why it's so so high and the response is so big on it the engagement for this story alone this week took up 40 percent of all of the people engaging on all those stories 40.33 to be exact we'll tell you more about engagement on a top level in just a bit but i'm going to read you from the story we posted from sports illustrated online this has been updated it was posted earlier in the day during games and updated later in the evening this story has not been updated and i've not seen any updates on his condition uh Literally, other than the fact that um, I'll, I'll take it back. I saw an updated story that said he was in a, a medically induced coma. But I'm going to read a little bit from this right here. And we're going to we're not going to do any commentary. We're going to transition out from here after reading some lines from the updated version as it was posted or updated on the 12th of December. Florida Ford Keontae Johnson is in critical but stable condition after collapsing on the court in the first half of Saturday's game. School officials tell Sports Illustrated Ross Dellinger. With the Gators leading 11-3 over Florida State, Johnson, the SEC preseason player of the year, collapsed at midcourt as Florida was coming out of a timeout. Johnson, a junior, was taken to the locker room on a stretcher. Several Florida players were in tears on the sideline. Johnson was taken to Tallahassee Memorial Hospital, according to ESPN broadcast. The reason for Johnson's collapse is still unknown. Dillinger reports that the junior had COVID-19 back in July. Jeff Goodman of Stadium tweeted that Gators coach Mike White will remain in Tallahassee while the team heads back to Gainesville. White tweeted to keep Johnson and his family in prayer. The story goes deeper into basically Johnson's stats, which is what you do in these types of stories. Uh, but as far as I know, my last check a few days ago, looking for updates of the story, he was in a medically induced coma to keep him safe. 
Uh, we are definitely looking out for what's going to happen for this young man. Um, semi-famous or not for being a basketball star. Uh, this is a very, very critical, very, very serious thing going on. So thoughts and prayers from all of us here at the conversation project uh, for the family of Keontae Johnson. So we're looking for updates that are good and updates in general. If you want to have a conversation about any of the stories we talk about this week, especially this one, if you have updates on something like this for us to find, you can talk to us inside the feed or email us, all of us at the show at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Let's go ahead and transition off of the stories. As we said, we had a lot of kind of shenanigans this week uh, with a bunch of ties, ties for the stories that didn't make it in ties for the stories that did make it in that's at the 10 to nine. And of course the super story combining the only fan story from the medic, uh, the, the EMT on her, you know, finding out about the story and then him, her saying, yeah, I got only fans. What you got a problem with that? We're doing that stuff. Now, as far as engagement, as I said, the top story got an engagement of 40.33%. So almost everybody who was attached to the responses this week had some touch with this story inside their feed. It is what it is. Sometimes it happens like that. For the top 10, because that first story took so much engagement, the normal 25% of the top 10 stories is blown out of the proportion to be 60%, 60.66 to be exact. Now, the almost rands, 11 through 15, they're more or less in the normal range, a little, probably a little lower because of so much took him up by the front, or a, definitely a little lower. Normally, 5 to 6% is where it's at. It's at 4.54%, so rounded up, it's basically where it normally is. The story at the bottom is back to more normal numbers. The last couple of weeks has gotten as high as 0.06%. And that's high considering it normally it ravages about 0.03. This week we're at 0.02. That's how low it is. And we told you already it is 177,050 times less responsive than the top story with Conte Johnson. It was posted on Friday the 18th, which is the day before today, basically right at the cutoff in those, those hours right past midnight. The headline goes like this. TV actor arrested for robbing elderly people by posing as cop. Would you like to know who this famous TV actor is? Or chances are you probably don't. Although, let me let me say this: use this time to be a bit um, to be a little bit of commentary ish because we didn't do it for the number one story. This project is a worldwide thing. We have people who listen to the podcast and people who subscribe to the feeds from all over the world, literally. So we do have some international stories that pop up that are kind of important, and some that are just sort of weird. This one, of course, didn't get any love. But it popped up somewhere in the feed, so we put it in there to, to take the space. It obviously didn't take up enough space. And the reason why you have no idea who this person is talking, I'm talking about is, is that it happened in Mumbai. So if you're one of my fans in Mumbai, then thank you so much for listening. Email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and tell me why this guy is a big deal. But I'm going to read you a few lines from the story as it was posted. Uh, the source is called The Quint. And like I said, it's from Mumbai, so a lot of things are well, let me just get into it. A television actor was arrested on Tuesday, 15 December, from his residence in Mumbai's Adhiri for allegedly duping several elderly people in states such as Nagpur, Ikurhanhand, Punjab, and Uttar Pradesh, as per a report by Mumbai Mirror. Faraz Jafari, alias Salman, 
would con the senior citizens into giving their jewelry by posting as a policeman. As per the report, Jafari, who had done small roles in TV shows such as, I'm not even going to read those, used to head a gang of three tricksters. He would allegedly dress up as a cop and wait as traffic jurisdictions targeting senior people wearing jewelry. By telling people fake stories about robbery attempts on senior citizens, Jafari would win their trust, a police officer told the publication. He would then allegedly offer to place the jury in a purse, only to switch those with stones. Most of the victims would only realize the theft much later when they opened the purses. The police said Jafari and his gang would travel to different cities and carry out the fraud. Now, that's all really, really, really horrible. So we uh, don't have much love for Jafari. We don't know what he's starred in because, as I said, I cannot pronounce the shows, the names that's from Mumbai and there's nothing against folks in Mumbai. I just don't speak the language. I literally don't speak the language. This just happens to be an English version of the story for international versions of people who are there. And so if you want to support the Quint, you can go to our website. This is conversation.com and click the link for the podcast for December the 19th, 2020. Click the link for this for the story. And they have donation buttons for supporting the Quint and their great journalism. We're arrived there as well. Although, as we said, this story almost irrelevant because it came up at the very bottom of the list. You want to support what we have going here at the conversation and you enjoy our journalism, which is essentially aggregation. Go to this is a conversation dot com slash partnerships and find out ways that you can partner with us directly. Or you can just follow a link on any of our sources, any of our, of our services either on the website, in the newsletter, occasionally going through the feed, and we get affiliate uh, love for those sites who give us a little bit off those buys. So if they take care, good care of you, they will take good care of us. So we do our best to pick ones that are very, very good, and hopefully you agree as well. The best way you can support the conversation, and it doesn't cost very much, just whatever internet service you're using is to subscribe to the podcast and share with friends, loved ones, and maybe sometimes total strangers. We used to have this whole spiel out back in the day, but it, it apparently wasn't working. The total strangers and enemies things wasn't working so well. So focus on friends and people that you like and people who like to know what's going on in the news stories that they wouldn't get any place else. The story about the guy robbing people in Mumbai dressed as a police officer. I can guarantee you no one would have got that anywhere else unless you are a daily reader of the Mumbai Mirror. And then it's probably top story news. In the meantime, this is what we do to make sure you're taken care of with stories that aren't just the mainstream blah, 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 blah. These are very good conversational stories, and you can pick them up every single day with eight things to talk about. The newsletter, the link to subscribe to that set our website as well. And every single weekday morning, we give you eight topics to talk about things from the past day or so or for Monday, the past weekend uh, that you can chat with if you are going into work through water cooler or just chatting back and forth, text messaging uh, with your folks that you work with, like friends or whatever. They're great stories that you probably didn't hear about or more detailed stuff than just the kind of bits and pieces that you get in the news, links to the stories and chances to chat them up as well. I'm going to go ahead and just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And get on us out of here. We cannot do this show without you. It's a labor. It is work, but it is a labor of love, so we'd love to do it, and any help that you want to give to us in support would be greatly appreciated. But just essentially listening to us is a great support on its own, so we'd love to have you listen. If you want to get more engaged with what we have going on, email the show at the conversation inbox at gmail.com, and we'll give it to you as 
quickly as possible. Right now, gotta get back as quickly as possible to the laptop and check out what's going in the news because we are posting stories right now. Every 50 minutes, look for a story in your feed and you can engage with it, like it, love it, hate it, share it. And the more engagement it gets, the bigger chance it gets to be. We'll talk about it next week. Although next week, we've got a little thing, a little extra special thing pop in. So we'll talk about that uh, next week. But for right now, keep on trucking, keep on trucking, keep on looking, keep on reading, keep on engaging. So we know what stories are the most conversations as per you, not Tucker Carlson, not even Maria Bartoloma. I, I, I know enjoy what she does, but she doesn't necessarily run the show. You tell us what's most important for the weekly wrap up with Jake and Payne. We'll, we'll talk to you next week.